and welcome to another episode of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after LASK 1, Liverpool 3, and also Wolverhampton Wonders 1, Liverpool 3. I could probably get used to this scoreline, except like the goals going in a different order. I've got Jay Reid in Liverpool. I've got Chief in still Belfast, Chief. Still Belfast, but uh, hopefully only for another couple of days. Ah, you keep saying that. It's been three weeks of you saying that. <laughs> right, Chief, let's let's look at tonight's game first. The lineup, first of all. Like on paper, individually it looks strong. But for me, I think it's quite experimental. Um Simicus, we haven't seen him in a while. He probably doesn't have a great game. Um, like sometimes just runs around and forgets to bring the ball with him. But yeah, whatever. We've got the two lads at centre half. We've got Kelleher and Nets. Besetic is doing his best Alexander Arnold impression. And the midfield three is, yeah, three boys that may not have even ever spoken to one another before. And then you've got, you know, the the two two South American boys and and Doak up front. And, you know, we're excited. It looks threatening and, you know, yeah, just as though there's going to be loads of energy and skill. And but ultimately, you know, for the first certainly the first half an hour, I thought a bit disjointed. And that's fairly understandable, right? A hundred percent. I mean, it's 11 changes and a lot of new, you know, a good few new faces in the side as well. Uh, you mentioned the midfielder. Um, so it was natural. It was going to be disjointed. Um, and, you know, in those circumstances, you sort of always seem to end up, you know, uh, conceding a goal and and sort of looking a bit off the pace and stuff and you know it, it wasn't really a bit of wonder. Um, there was a lot of speculation before, obviously in in in, in Liverpool sort of podcast land about um, whether there'd be a lot of changes made, whether Klopp would go strong, um, and I suppose to a degree it, it's it's a strong team as you said individually, but. Um, it's a team that's never lined up together and in, in a lot of cases have only been training together for a matter of weeks. So at best. So um yeah, it, it wasn't really much of a surprise. I mean, I didn't catch the first half much of it, but I was listening to it on the radio and to all intents and purposes we um we didn't really seem to be to be at, at the races. Um but as you said, understandably so. Um, they scored a good goal by all accounts, a good finish. Um, and it's one of them. It's their the biggest tie probably of, of their European season. Um, I was listening to something where one of their fans was, was being interviewed and, you know, we were the name they wanted to get. And so... You know they had a dream start and they had a good a good first half and uh, but ultimately we made the changes and um, you know the more established names sort of did the 
did the business and we we took the second half and and ended up running out uh, comfortable comfortable winners yeah it's second half is very different Jay. but again the first half it just looked like it did look like boys that just hadn't really played together before i think you mentioned we weren't really sure what harvey elliott's role was and obviously playing with two lads who are literally just been dropped in into that midfield. <laughs> you know, this kid is, he's the senior midfielder there essentially. And that kind of showed in the first half, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, we don't really know what Harvey Elliott's best position is as Liverpool fans, but you know, he's 19, 20 years of age, something like that now. Um, but he's made a few appearances off the bench this season, looked lively, but he's kind of been coming on and playing more of like an orthodox right midfield of a four. So I, if, if we quickly flash back to the weekend, we're going to come to Wolf later on. But um, when we sort of tweaked the formation and we, and we looked a bit better, Mo sort of went up front with Darwin and Diaz was left wing, Harvey was sort of right wing and we had Zabozlai and Jones in the middle as more of a, a two and he was sort of holding a bit more whiff and he was effective and he's done that a few times this season he's come on and sort of played that you know, the not a right winger but a right midfield role and then he was sort of left in a in a fleet tonight as you say with two lads who have literally, you know, barely unpacked the suitcases at the club um, and if he was meant to be the nominal right-sided number eight, quite often you 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 were getting confused whether it was him or Simicus due to the hairstyles of the the blonde highlights. But he was finding himself on the left a lot, and then you know he he was buzzing round, which you know ten out of ten for you know attitude of trying to be busy and you know close down and big things happen. But you know two out of ten for for actual positioning because. He shouldn't be on the left-hand side of the pitch if you're the right side of eight. And Everton just looked really disjointed. And young Stefan Bessetic, as you say, was trying to play the, you know, imitate the Trent role. And it was his first game, I think, in six months or something like that. And it was very evident. It was his first, you know, proper start. And he was rusty, to say the least. And him at that sort of right-back inverted role and then Elliot going... Walkies and then a 17 year old Ben Doer, who after 10 minutes sort of fizzled out, we were basically wide open down that side and very sort of asking for trouble. But you know, that that's not to single out him for, for you know, sort of putting him down on his first half forms. There wasn't very many players who did come out of that with a shining light, it was just something that I noticed as because. He's a name you're familiar with, like the other two lads in midfield. We don't really know too much about them, what they can and can't do yet. They've only been here, as I say, five minutes. So you're kind of looking to, to a 19, 20-year-old kid, whatever he is, to to be you know, the, the player you were familiar with. But as it turned out, you know, much like the weekend, it was the old cliche game of two halves. And I guess Chief got lucky in the fact that he only had to listen to it on the radio. We didn't have to sift through the, the 45 minutes of... Not only the dreadful um, sort of performance we put up in that 45 minutes, but Steve McManaman also 
sounding like he was at a funeral wake to some of the some of the commentary coming out of there and I think someone must have dragged him there by his by his curly tots and made him sift through that because he didn't sound like he was enjoying it at all and he made the experience ten times worse. He has a knack of doing that, like oh, he's. He, I think he's we scored. We scored a goal. I think it was Diaz. He was like broke down the rights, whipped in ball, lovely finish there. Diaz two one. Are you going to be? We just scored a goal, fella, and you're basically you're Martin Tyler's imitation, and apparently you're meant to be associated with Liverpool. It was awful. Um, but sorry about moaning about that. It was just annoying me. <laughs> That's fair. I can totally understand that. Um, it's you know what a contrast in Steve McManaman being the only person that you wanted to to see <laughs> whenever Liverpool played to being the person that you least wanted to see when Liverpool played. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, if anybody is not old enough to remember Steve McManaman playing football, fuck me. Uh, anyway, go go um, YouTube your way for Cup Liverpool versus Celtic. Oh, honest to God, oh, that's one of uh, one of the many. goal at the goal at Highbury, uh, the two um, League Cup final goals. Fuck, there's there was a goal against Chelsea, I think, as well at Anfield, the Anfield Road end. Fuck me, unreal. Um, Chief, look, second half, um, we get the penalty. I'm still not really sure what it's for. I think Nunez kind of struggles. I don't think he's getting piles of service, um, but takes the penalty well and then Beryl's mate grabbing back down the right hand side and Diaz doing like and he started to do this a lot I think like a really good Sadio Mane impression making that run from that left hand side into the centre forward position and just finishing in between the sticks and really really encouraging signs well Diaz is quietly bagging at a at a very handy rate at the moment, um, and he's getting himself in those positions. He's, he's getting himself in in between the posts, and he scores another one tonight, which is a centre you know centre forwards goal almost where he finds himself where he finishes. But you're right. I mean, I think he he was a bit unlucky in that obviously he got the injury last season, so he wasn't really able to to contribute anything anything like what he might have been. Um, had the injury not come, but when he got the injury, I mean, he was he was our best best player at the start of last season, um, and it looks like he's come back. He's come back stronger and and hungrier. So he's an awesome, and he, when you're using him as a sub, he's an awesome sub to have as well. I mean, he, he's got that pace, that directness. He's got a real killer instinct. He's he's quality. Um, I think Nunes was all right from what I saw. He looked a threat. He and he he smashes the penalty in nicely. Um, the pen, I think, the referee just basically went, "Yeah, you got your shot away, but you got you got clattered," which he which he did. So he um, he gave the pen, and um, luckily at that point, I suppose we weren't necessarily. Um, I'm sure the goal would have come, but we weren't necessarily massively on top at that point in terms of looking like uh, the goal was just around the corner. But um, we get the pen and we, we battered it in and um, and we, we don't look back. 
So, I mean, the options we've got up there, class, and Nunes and um, and Diaz, the pace they have when you play them alongside Salah as well, which, um, you know, it's 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 absolutely frightening. Um, and you're gonna get you're they're they're gonna get chances and they're, and they're gonna take more of them than than the miss, I would imagine. So that's an area where we're where we're really strong and you know, there are far worse things to be than or far worse areas to, to be overstocked with quality. Yeah, that's totally true. Um you know, three of the four forwards in the pitch sorry, three three of the five forwards on the no three of the four hold on okay three of the three of the four forwards on the pitch tonight don't included score and you still have Gakpo and Jonah who don't even lace their boots up so you know he's right Jay um and I know there is this kind of conversation around old Liverpool they're just going to go and outscore everybody else but Quietly, you know, we have the second best defensive record in the league. I think goals conceded might be joint second. And also we are fifth in XG conceded. So there's there's something there that's representing some sort of defensive stability, which I feel might be going a little bit under the radar. Yeah, I, I can buy into that. And I, I don't feel stable watching us defend at the moment, uh, especially in the first half. We've got this awful habit, haven't we, of um, conceding first in games, which I suppose it it shows the quality and the strength and character we've got, as you've referenced, in the top end of the pitch to be able to turn games around and, and get victories. And it, it would be nice. Um, if we flash back to a few weeks ago when we beat Villa. Uh, was it 3 0 we beat them? Um, just have a clean sheet and just have a comfortable sort of routine win um, and that might sound boring to some fans you know, because they want the excitement or whatever but you know a couple of goals and then finish one off maybe later nah, on. Jay, I'll have that I'll have that every I want, week thanks very much every I, week I would like that on you know 90% of the of, of the occasions. <laughs> like you don't mind these fun games every now and again, but they're no good for your heart rate. And you know, it's it's not doing us any good. Um and no, it's not good for your, it's not teams. good for your life ex- yeah, it's no. not good for your life expectancy, is it? It's it, it's not because then you know it, it inevitably ends up in having to go and drink more beer. Um but it, it would just be nice for us to get a couple of clean sheets and I suppose when you, when you stand back and look at it, yeah, our defensive record is, is is pretty good. We're standing up pretty well, um, but I don't think we started the same back four all season for one reason or another. You know, suspensions, injuries, you know, rotation, whatever. Um, so so maybe that you know has got something to tie into it as as we seen tonight. You know, a back four that we've never seen before in in Besetic, Kanate, Virgil, and Simicus, and you know. The weekend comes around, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that. But, you know, we're 99.9% certain and, and unbarred and circumstances. There'll be changes again. Though you'd fancy Robertson to come back in at left-back because, as you said, Simicus didn't cover himself in glory. And we don't know where we stand with Trent Alexander-Arnold's fitness. But if he's not fully available, 
then we probably will go back to to Joe Gomez at right back. So again, you know, a reshuffle um, isn't ideal. Um, but I suppose if if we're getting the results, we're getting three points. You know, as we we got tonight, three points in the group stage, and it it gets us off the mark. And if you if you have a sideways glance at the other two teams in the group, they drew. So already you've got yourself, you know, a, a slight head start on the others after one game, and that can sort of give us give us a platform to build on. And I think we we are going to approach this competition quite seriously. And it looks like from the team lineup and the substitutions night that we have, Klopp might want to wrap this up early. You know, three or four games in, get it wrapped up, get get qualified. You finish top of the group, you sort of skip out a qualifying stage because if you finish second. You play the Champions League dropouts in a sort of mini one-off playoff game, and then you know you go to the round of sixteen. So the the emphasis there to to finish top and and buy yourself you know some easier games come December time, and buy yourself you know a, a free shot through the round of thirty-two in the previous commas as it is for the next round. So yeah, it's it's not ideal, but we're winning games and. I suppose, you know, at least we're fun to watch and winning games rather than last season when we were diabolical to watch and losing games. Yeah, that's 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 totally true, Chief. Um Graven Birch gets his first game. <laughs> St- standard he's gonna fit in rightly. He goes off after seventy minutes with a, with an injury by the looks of things. So Looks like he's tailor made for this midfield, but I know there's kind of two conversations happening at the moment around the, the Gravenberg signing. Panic buy, couldn't get anybody else, get him in. But then there's the Klopp's been after him for years, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And then you throw in the couldn't get a game at Bayern kind of scenario. But looked, looked actually, I thought, really dynamic tonight. Really forward thinking, you know, really progressive. Um, look to beat players and, and drive the team up the pitch and great assist for for what's essentially the decisive goal. You know, what do you what did you think of his, his debut and where do you think he fits in here? Yeah, I mean, all of the above. Um, as you as you said there, I mean you you sort of covered it quite well. He um, he looked impressive, and he had a good debut. He he sort of uh, seemed to go off a little uh, a little stiff, maybe at the end there. Uh, hopefully, it it was just a, a bit of cramp or something. Um, but while he was on the pitch, he, as you said, he looked at, looked to drive us forward. Um, he looked to, to impose himself on the game. He looks strong. Um, he might not have been as combative as as certainly Birol would have liked for the for the goal, but um, you know, I don't think you can hold that against him too much. Apparently, it was a it was a wonder strike, um, but it looks like he's got all the tools, you know, and he's what twenty one, even that old. He's um, you know, and he's so he so he's got. He's obviously got a lot. There'll, there'll be a lot more to come. There'll be a lot that is added to his game, or that he can um, he can sharpen up in his game and develop as he goes. But he looks to to really um, to be a real presence in there. 
so um, I think, you know, Klopp was by all accounts over the moon to get him. And I think you can sort of, you can sort of see why. Uh, on first sort of inspection, he, he looks to, he looks, he looks to have, to have everything he needs to become dominant in that position. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, obviously, playing in a, in a makeshift team as well. Uh, tonight, a team that, as we said, has, has certainly never taken the, to the pits together. Um, so the understanding is going to come more and more as they as they play together more, as the as a squad knits together more, and the, the first team sort of emerges or solidifies, crystallizes. But um, he's uh, he's certainly one to be excited about. Yeah, Jay, interested on your thoughts on on Graven Burton, also just interested on. Like, if you have to pick, save to pick three midfielders that all have to start the next three league games, and that's West Ham, Spurs, and Brighton. What are your three? But give me your Graven Birch uh, autopsy first. I was impressed with the lad. Um, you know, I, I said the, the first half wasn't great, um, but I thought he had a few nice touches. He sort of tried to drive us forward a few times um, you know, opened his legs up and he's a, he's a big rangy lad so he does cover the pitch quite quickly and I thought there was opportunities where he you know, maybe just didn't pick the right pass or didn't release it ever so slightly quick enough but, you know, first start new teammates and all that, you know, these things are to, to come in time but he did look like he, he wanted to, to make stuff happen in the first half and then you know, once we we changed it up in the second half and brought a bit more, a bit more quality to the midfield in McAllister and Zabozlai. Then he he did look again, you know, ever so so slightly more um, elevated and involved. And you know, taking nothing away from that, that assist for the second goal was was wonderful. You know, breaking down the right hand side, striding forward, and took took one glance and whipped the ball in on a plate for Diaz. So, you know. All in all, you know, if you if you were giving the lad a rating out of ten, he'd probably get a good like seven and a half, eight out of ten for me. Um, I'm sure Bill's assessments will be handicapped with the Feyenoord factor, so you know he'd probably lose a point and a half or something like that just because of who he previously played for. But I, I'm I'm infused to see what comes from the lad, and you know the the scouting team or Klopp and Linders, whoever's responsible for for getting this lad to Liverpool, clearly wanted them, and you know we've chased them. For a long time, so you know, even at his IX days, he was he was muted as a target for us. So we do see talents within the lad, and it's obviously there. It's just a case of of getting it out. So fingers crossed, that's what he can do in a red shirt or a Lardic shirt. It was tonight, which was a bit odd. Um, midfield three going forward, I would probably, I'd probably say McAllister, Zabozlai, and Jones. Um, because you know it, it, it's what we've had a couple of times. Uh, it's not ideal, McAllister in the six. But I think we we seen at the weekend when McAllister went off, we sort of went to a two with Jones and Zabozlai in the middle. It it worked, so it gives you know a flexibility of being able to change things should we want to. Because McAllister doesn't have to be, you know, the, the deepest he can play further forward. We've seen it in the Brighton shares he can. You can do things fair up the field as well. Should we want to, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, switch it around. 
um, they're the most sort of settled in, in terms of the system of, of what we've started with this season. And, you know, just a, a glance at the other lads, I think Endo looks a yard off the pace, whether that's, you know, you know new, new surroundings, new 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 teammates, new league and all that, but he does look a little bit behind in terms of um, pace to the ball and whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sold on Elliot in a free. And, yeah, Gravenberg's only new to the team and Thiago seems to have taken up Naby Case's position on the physio's table. So, yeah, that'd be my free for the next um, three league games if we were approaching it. Yeah, Chief, same question to you. I'm interested in your thoughts on what your, your three preferred would be because it's obviously, you know, I know we used to play the midfield game, but we usually had like f- four or five to pick from. Um, what I am going to do that Jay may not have remembered because I literally remembered this second, I'm going to throw a fit Tiago into that conversation as well. Yeah, interesting. Um. Obviously, Sabozlai and McAllister have um, sort of cemented themselves a little bit in the opening games. Um, Gravenberg's coming in. Um, he's had the start tonight. Um, I would imagine he might be he might be bled in a little bit more gently, although. Who knows? Thiago coming back, I think, will feature because I think Klopp likes to have him on the pitch when he's fit. Um, you know, there's no doubt he's he's of top quality, and it it'll be very interesting to see how he might fit in and work with within this new setup and this this new team. Um, it's a it's a bit of a mouth-watering prospect, to be honest. So. Um, I think he will feature um, in the next few games. Perhaps not so heavily if he's if he's just coming back. Um, but when they're sh- when they're sure of his fitness, he'll it, it, certainly fe- feature. So I don't know who my preferred three. I mean, my preferred three. Um, I think I would have sort of McAllister and and certainly Sabozlai in there. I mean. Um, I think Sabozlai would would be the first name I would I would put in there. Um, obviously, you got Curtis Jones as well, who who's acquitted himself really well um, and continues to sort of um, just to to cement it and consolidate his his sort of uh, spot within the first team whenever he does start. So there'll be um there'll be an eye, I suppose, to a little bit of rotation, what with the with the European games um having started now and the um the League Cup coming up and, and sort of other distractions a little bit. Um but I don't know who who that third one is. I think I think you could you could probably take your pick. Um, Harvey Elliott has a shot here and there, although I think I, I still prefer him in the in the front three, um, or sort of coming on in a in a wide right situation or a right midfield situation, which has been doing a bit more recently. Um, 
so who the third one is 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 really up for grabs. But I think McAllister and Sir Bosley, if you're going with the three in midfield, are the um, are are two of those three. Yeah, we've heard some bizarre politicians' answers to questions recently, and that has got to be up there with the chief. That was meandering. No. I know it was. Like, I mean, like, about, I mean, who's who's your preferred? Three? About 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 fifteen minutes of like not answering the question, basically. So like, yeah, bravo, skirt, skirting around, beating around the bush. Who are my midfield three, including Thiago? That's a really interesting question. I would probably. This is going to be really controversial, but I would probably do. Given the three games we're playing, I'd probably go Thiago in the six of Bosley and Jones at the left-hand side and have McAllister from the bench. That's what I'd probably do. I think that probably gives you the best balance. But I, I do find it really... I think those four have got to be your four. Um, and it's generally going to be three of those four. But I, I just don't think anybody does that real controlling job out the left-hand side, the way Jones can do it. So Bosley, I think, is an obvious choice. And then, honestly, I think then what you're left with is a toss-up between between Thiago and McAllister in, in the deeper line position. So, Which is essentially exactly what I said. So you're basically doing saying exactly what I'm saying. It's three, sort of three, three between four. Yeah, but I did answer. But I did give you a definitive answer, which was which was Sebastian Thiago and and Jones. So shove that up your you fucking did, hole. You did, you did, you did. But that would probably be mine as well. You know, if Thiago was was fully fit and they yeah. felt that they could. But it's a little bit. Um, do you think he would? Do you think he'd go Jones over over McAllister? That's sort of the question. Like uh, again, I think that left hand side role is very bespoke. Because there's a lot of work to get through there, and it's a lot of being sensible and not necessarily progressive, which McAllister is unbelievably progressive and is passing through the lines. Because you're going to have that situation where you don't really have a left back. Can I throw a spanner in the works? Yeah, yeah, please do. Would it be a surprise if, if a Tiago is fit um, and saying he is that? Thiago, McAllister, and Sabozlai. Yeah, so Thiago does the left-hand side role. No, McAllister oh. because he's got more more legs. Yeah, it's not it's not beyond. He, he played he, he did play there at times for Brighton, and you know you mentioned like you know discipline and stuff like that and being able to like hold a position and we've seen McAllister can do that and is technically good on the ball and. Should we want to, they can sort of sit. So I'm, I'm sort of referencing back here to like the old sort of midfield of when we had Wijnaldum, Fabinho and Henderson. And Wijnaldum and Fabinho did sort of sit more and then released Henderson to go and do his headless chicken stuff. But, you know, you've actually got a, a proper number eight there now in Sabozlai. So he can join the attack and do his bits. And then you've still got those two lads sort of holding sort of station. Um, and uh, and then that would allow the fullbacks also to to roam forward a bit more if if obviously we've got Trent and Robertson fit and available. Um, you know you are sort of then put on a box in the middle of of the pitch with your two centre halves and your two sort of nominal sixes in in essence, and trying to be a bit more stable and thinking more towards like 
you know, your Spurs game especially, um, yeah. and Brighton where, you know, you've got the likes of Madison dropping into the them positions and, you know, with, with Brighton they have a, a rotating cast of, of players who can who can slot into that sort of number ten sort of middle of the park field. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if available we saw that midfield free. Yeah, all right. So, listen, let's move away from this for the meantime because this is going to be an ongoing debate the whole way through the season because we've got too many midfielders now. Um, but but yeah, isn't it great? Isn't it's it a great amazing. problem It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but, Jay, look, I think what I was what I was looking at um, in the first half, we've talked about all of the like changes and issues, but I was just like, just where Salah was on the pitch. And he comes on the pitch. He's immediately impactful. His goal is superb. But, you know, like I'm going to say that he does actually get a hat-trick of assists on Saturday. And his importance to this team honestly cannot be understated. It really can't. The evolution in his game to from being, for me, like, a really sometimes quite erratic player with his finishing and just like all action a million miles an hour to being so like composed and deliberate like we can go back to the back to the assist for the winner against Newcastle that wonderful stabbed through ball the pass for for Robertson um the one across the, the face of the goal for, for Gakko with his right foot. And he's just become such an all-round footballer that I'm literally sitting now, considering all the Saudi conversations in 200, 150 million, I'd be quite happy just to get another this season and next season out of him and let him walk away if that's what we have to do to get another two seasons out of him. Okay, so I don't think he... He should be going to Saudi because, you know, what what he did tonight, he, he was he was he was different class. He was basically, you know, the, the old reference of men against boys. You know, he come on the pitch and, you know, his, his first touch is sort of like takes it down and shifts it from left to right and plays Gomez in and little one two he's away and you know the quality that this lad's got. If he's going to Saudi at this point of his career, it's laughable because. You know, unless he wants to go there and smash in like seventy goals a season and be paid a million dollars or whatever the dealing out there for per goal, it's it's just it's laughable. But he he's changed his game, and I think that may have come with like he's not got that explosive pace that he used to have, but he's still rapid. But he's noticing a lot more. He's becoming more rounded footballer, as you said, and I think. Every game this season he's been involved, whether it be a goal or an assist. And, you know, to think it was it was a conversation being added, would we take 110, 150 million for him on the last day of the, the transfer window? And some people were actually thinking about selling him. And you're like, you can't sell him because you can't replace him. There is no one else out there. You physically cannot find a player to do what he does. And if there is one, then it's well out of our price range, you know, because as, as we've seen with how we deal with transfers, we're not going to go and break the bank and whatever. So however long we've got him for, whether it's a season, whether it's two, hopefully, you know, we, we might win things and persuade them that actually, you know, 
why would you go and want to go and play over there and in stadiums that are you know probably getting a couple of thousand people and okay money might be ludicrous but there's only so much money you can have in the world and you can't you can't win the Champions League if you're playing in Saudi you can't replicate Anfield nights if you're playing in Saudi so yeah ho- hopefully he stays with us but he, he's a joy to joy to have and a joy to watch and what he's doing this season it's it's probably going on to break more random records and I'll just throw you one stat out that I've just seen tonight that he's now the top scorer for any player for an English club in European football level with Thierry Henry of 48 goals in European football for an English club so he's going to go on and break that in the next game or two so some player we've got in our hands yeah, and the majority of those games have been in the Champions League, Chief. And, you know, I think I went to the pub and watched the game and was having a chat. And, and this is where this conversation has come from. It was like, would you sell him? Would you sell him? And I was like, the reality is whether you want to accept it or not, whoever, whoever you support. For the last five years, Mohamed Salah has been in the top five players in the world. Minimum. And I don't expect that to change this year because, like I say, I think the, you know, I'll I'll even go back to that pass, what he does to Martinez in the 7-0 against United last year, and then that pass to Gakpo, like, you should play that pass with your right foot, but he doesn't. And he just has this subtlety about his game that I don't think he's had until maybe the last 18 months but just that weight of pass from that area of the pitch is absolutely phenomenal and you know not to mention his just obscene availability if we are going to do any damage in the next two years or beyond you have got to think that he is going to be a core reason behind that Yeah, I mean he's um, it, he's do, doing that thing that sort of a lot of the very sort of best players do whenever they get a bit older. He's you know slightly adapting his game as as um, certain attributes perhaps fade slightly, um, and I think he's it's it's something that. He's he's sort of had in his game for a long time, but it's just coming to the fore a bit more now as he gets older, um, and he's probably honed it over the years as well. But the his way to pass is is sublime, and his vision is great, um, and he seems to be taking a lot more joy now in in sort of being the creator as well as the scorer. Um, he still gets his goal, mind you, and it's it's a cracking wee finish. Um, and very, very, as you said, in, in you know, a step ahead, instinctive, alert. I mean, he has a split second just just to to pop that through the keeper's legs, and he's got, I think, three players waiting for a for a cr- tap across the box, um, to slide it into an empty net, and he just he just pokes it through the keeper's legs, gets his goal. You know, um, his assists at uh, at the weekend were 
well, classic. It's always nice. A hat trick of any kind is nice, but a hat trick of assists is 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 sweet. Um, so yeah, you're. I mean, going to Saudi would be would be insane for him. At this age, that's that's sort of what I say to my non-Liverpool support mates who sort of ask, you know, should you should you not take the money and all? And it's like, well, would he would he even go at this stage? Because he he is going to be playing into his late late thirties, and he's still going to be commanding a massive wage and fee. Um, it's not even a wage and fee. I think, Chief. I think all we know about. Mo Salah is that he is driven by awards, prestige, trophies. Well, exactly. And so he'll want to win more and more of them in Europe, the the biggest ones. And then, you know, if he does want to have a, a final swan song in, in Saudi, he'd go there and, and, and be an absolute hero. But he doesn't have to do that until he's 35, 36, 37. Yeah, provided it's, it's it's still there. I mean, what's what's the hurry? Well, well, this is it. This is it. Um, all right, Jay. Let's look at you know the Wolves game. First half's fucking dreadful. Um, look, I get it. Trent's not there. Your next natural right back is Joe Gomez, but that is not the same sort of replacement you can make as the last four or five years and honestly it looked like absolute insanity to do what Klopp tried to do in the first half of Joe Gomez and I think it leads to all kinds of issues. Gomez comes in for a lot of abuse but I honestly think Klopp hangs him out to dry there especially given Neto is like brilliant and I think has created more chances than any other player in the league this season yeah, it was stupid in terms of why would you ask a player who his best position is centre half or normally centre half anyway, um, and is you know competent on the ball, but he's not. You know, if, if you're playing, if you're on a ball playing centre half, you know, like Masip is a better ball playing centre half, and at times Kanate looks a better ball playing centre half than Gomez, um, and ask him to try and step into midfield and sort of dictate a bit of play and then at the same time leave that back door wide open and with all due respect to Matip, he's not going to sweep off, sweep over like Kanate does and in fact also had a kid next to him in Jarrell Kwanzaa. So it was just lunacy from Klopp to, to even approach that first half like he did without even factoring in who the opposition left winger was in Pedro Neto. Um, so the change we made in the second half when it was basically right, right, let's just get back to basics and you play a right back role and you don't you don't do the stupid things of trying to step in there. You basically you identify where Pedro Neto is and you close him down and you defend him like a defender. You don't try and do anything stupid. And all of a sudden we locked it down. Obviously there was changes in formation and whatever which we spoke about before and that sort of helped us also, but it, it was a bit a bit naive from Klopp to approach it like that. And should we go into the weekend's game against West Ham without Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think, you know, if Joe Gomez is going to line up at right-back, then we've got to approach it with the second half 
Wolves version of Joe Gomez rather than the first half version because, you know, West Ham do like to attack down the flanks. I don't know if Bowen's got an injury or whether he was left out tonight for any reason, but he didn't feature for West Ham in the Europa League. Um, but they had Kudus playing who, who got himself a goal. They've got Ben Rama. They've got, um, what's his face, Fornells plays out there. You know, they, they've got they've got talent in wide areas. Um so, so they can hurt you and, and um, they will target, you know, our full-backs, knowing that at home especially we are going to try and be on the front foot and, and and attack them and use our full-backs for whiff. So that's where the spaces are going to be in behind. And if it is Gomez, we've just got to be more disciplined and and play that that sensible game rather than, you know, try and overthink things and be too tactically smart because... Let's be honest, it's David Moyes. You don't need to be overthinking David Moyes and his West Ham team. You just need to play sensible football and the quality will eventually show and the cream will rise to the top, I think. And, 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 sorry, I, you asked about Wolves and I went to West Ham. I just got trying, into it. It's, 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 a nice, it's a nice segue. It's a nice segue. Um, see, West Ham, it, it, kind of feels like, it kind of feels like Villa. Um, and we there's a little bit there's a little bit of trauma going to that ground, isn't there? After the the fucking Lovren debacle. But it's a bit like Burnley going there. We go there, we, we think it's gonna to be tough. It is tough, but we generally come away with the three points. And you know, as as high as they're riding on the crest of a wave. And Mikel Antonio coming out saying things like, we'll probably finish ahead of them this season. Like, that surely is all the motivation we need. Well, you would think. I mean, West Ham can pose a, a threat. It, it, it will be a, a, a tricky game. There's no doubt about it. And But we're at home, so I would expect us to win and win comfortably. We're not, we're not away, are we? It's a home. It's a home game. So um, no, it's not an away game. It might be a mental. It's a home game. Is it a home game? game? Yeah, ah, well, fucking fine then. Yeah, crack on. So we're flying. Like I, I don't. Exp- I don't envisage too many issues there. Their record at Anfield is is shocking. I'm pretty sure, and uh, our record is is pretty strong. Uh, but away at West Ham later in the season, depending what ha- what happens then, that that can be tricky um but I yeah would... look chief i think that quietly we are we've been saying this very loudly for a while but generally quietly that's now 17 games unbeaten um i think the next best two teams are arsenal and city with seven unbeaten so you know people can suggest oh it's a banana skin etc but we have kind of we kind of look like we've become the team that can avoid these banana skins the way we weren't doing it in the first half of last season. Well, we kind of stand on them, slide a bit, and then regain our composure and sort of emerge with the that was all part of the plan. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, and that we're, we we seem to fucking be going behind, but but um, then dusting ourselves off and and comfortably sort of coming through in the end, we 
you know, we sort of we've we've talked a bit about we've we've talked at length about the quality of our forward line, and we've said earlier in this in this podcast we've sort of briefly mentioned that we've quietly got a a really sort of handy defensive record and as well and sort of you know everybody knows about our keeper who's you know probably the best in in the world certainly in the in the top three um and you know all of a sudden we've got a midfield that's packed with absolute class and talent as well so quietly sneakily in this 17 game unbeaten run and the sort of work we've done in the summer and the start we've had of the season we are we're looking pretty good all over the pitch um so you know while everybody stays fit and long may that continue we're a serious outfit this season we're a completely different proposition to to the team that sort of limped through through last season um you know, who who at least finally find their feet towards the end and, and sort of laid the foundations for the for the run we're on now. But we are um we're a football team again. We you know, we're we're gonna be in, in that shake up um for for the competitions that we're that we're in this season. Yeah, it it it's starting to feel that way, Jay. Um I think the big concern that we all have and we've seen a couple of experiments over the last two games in the as they're calling it the hybrid role and ultimately like we've talked about this before you know for me that position is a single point of failure for this team if you don't have Trent there's nobody who can remotely do what he does you can put anybody in there and it is all around skill set is just unparalleled and this the Gomez experiment quite clearly didn't work he's put Bichettich in there tonight which you would probably think kind of skill set wise is the closest kind of match but I don't know where do you sit on this do you try and shoehorn someone in there or do you and shoot Klopp maybe just go right if we can't do that because Trent isn't here, we maybe do what we did with the second half and we change it up and put square pegs and square holes. That's the sensible thing to do, isn't it? Um, but, you know, these these football coaches don't see things like we do. They try and see things from a different angle and, you know, that's why they paid the money that they are and suppose that's why they're managers of football teams and we're not. But, it seems so obvious that if a unique player in Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't available to do that unique role, then don't force an issue. Um, and like we referenced Gomez earlier on, but just do the sensible thing. And, you know, we've got enough quality in the midfield now to to be able to get by. You know, you don't need Trent stepping in there to create things because we've got creative players in there now we've got talents in there to do that or as you said we could go to a formation change because you know we've actually got players who can play in different positions and and adapt the way they play and we could go to a more you know conventional 4-4-2 as such and 
And if you want to put Elliot on that right hand side, you can do. If you want to put Subosley out on that right hand side, you can do. And you can play a midfield two of of Jones and McAllister, for example, um, and put Diaz on the left, and then you go for a a more you know conventional two up top with Salah and Nunes because they actually do link very well. There seems to be a connection building between those two, like the the Newcastle goals, um, you know, at the weekend when when Darwin come on against Wolves, there was. There was the link up for the was it the the third goal um when he when he held Dawson off or I can't remember um which or the second goal sorry when he held Dawson off and and we broke down the field. No, it was um, the third goal. You're right. It? it was the third yeah. goal. Yeah. And you know he, he he gets his head up and he looks for Salah and and tonight even in in the game against uh, Lasky there's there's moments when when Salah comes on the pitch like Darwin sort of you know got his head up a little bit more than look to come in and, you know, want the ball to feet or want the ball into him, lay it off spin, but he was looking for salad and it, it just seems to be a a, a, a sort of um partnership that's starting to blossom. So so why wouldn't you work on it? And that's not to, you know, disclude the likes of Gapo and Jota of, of what they can do also. But, you know, you play the players in form and, and these two lads are in form at the moment. And, you know, if if you are going to be without Trent, then then why not go for something that's more more conventional? But you know that's worked because it worked for you in, in the most recent game in the second half, and and the performance was chalk and cheese. So you know you you make do with what you've got, but you don't try and force things. In my opinion. Okay. All right, Jay. Give me an eleven and a score prediction for Sunday. Um. I'm not expecting Trent to be fit, so that'll be Gomez right back. Can I say Virgil Robertson? Obviously, the big fella in goal. Um, I would expect us to go with a three of McAllister, Jones, Abosley, um, Salah off the right, Darwin up the middle, Diaz off the left, and I will say three nil. Um, and how about that last weekend and? You know, it nearly come in, but I'm going to go three now. I'd, I'd like us to have the confidence at the back with with you know the big fellas at the at the centre half positions to try and keep a clean sheet this weekend. Yeah, okay, clean sheet. Yes, it's like my, a clean sheet, a clean sheet, my kingdom for a clean sheet. I know. Um, Plus, you don't want Antonio getting nothing. Oh, yeah, well, well, there's that too. Um, but look, I think we all know as much as attacking football is great and the best and the most fun to watch it's as the saying goes you know <laughs> goals win games <laughs> defence wins titles and we've seen that ourselves um, when we've won the league with an unbelievable defensive record Chief, same question to you your 11 and your score prediction Yeah, probably pretty similar. Um, the back five sort of uh, picks itself with um, with Trent sort of not being fit. If he if he isn't fit, if he is fit, he comes in obviously and plays a Joe Gomez. I think Gomez would would drop out. Haven't played a, a lot of football in the last uh, little while. Canate and Verge both being fit, they'll start. Uh, Robo start. Then midfield to Bosley, I'd probably go with, I'd probably 
go with Sabozlai, uh, McAllister, and um, and um, fuck, my head's gone. Uh, Sabozlai, McAllister, and Jones. Potentially Jones in there, I would say. Um, and then the front three, I'd also go with with Darwin and uh, and Luis Diaz and Mo Salah. I just think the pace they have and behind it, the threat we have with them, I think they're as Jay said, they're they're on form. Um, they all net tonight. Um, none of them plays. Um, too many minutes and none of them has, has clocked up too many minutes in, in the recent matches. So I think they, they come in. Okay. Fair. All right, boys, listen, appreciate the time as always. Um, Yourself, no? I'll go with what I think he'll do. Um, Alison, obviously, Robbo, Virgil, Canate, God, what will he do? I don't know. Um, does he try the third experiment in that position? That's Trent. Christ, honestly, I don't know. Um, I think he may go conventional four-three-three with Gomez right back, and then that three of Sabozlai, McAllister. Jones, Salah, Diaz. You presumably, Diaz, don't you? Uh, yeah, well, presumably, because he gets no minutes. It might be. It might, it might. He be absolutely gap. stank the gaff out, though, didn't he, against Wolves? He did, but at the same time, it's his really, really cute little back heel that puts Salah in for the cross for the goal. You you can't for me you can't drop a man who scored a goal tonight and 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 I know that that can be something that you can say well you know like Gappo scored against Wolves but he stank the Gappo but Diaz was good and he was lively and I don't disagree I don't disagree Jay but at the same I time, I'd feel aggrieved if I was Diaz to be dropped for Jota given Jota's totally. recent performance I, I I don't disagree I just no Diaz has to has to start I think. And maybe, and I think this kind of goes two ways. Maybe there's the decision that he kind of does when when Darwin comes off the bench and scores against Newcastle, and he puts him in for Villa. Or is it against Wolves? Jota gives Salah the cute little pass, and Gakpo puts it in the net, and he still takes fucking both of them off. And it's like this is the plan, and we're sticking to the plan. So I don't know. Does he make a form decision or or a a, a process decision. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll not figure it out. We'll just find out. So yeah, interesting. All right. Until next time, boys. Up the seventeen games on beaten Reds. You. Yeah.